Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Let's open up our Bibles this morning to the book of Jeremiah. Uh, We've been studying Jeremiah chapter 18, and we're going to keep that momentum going. We're going to look at Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. If you didn't bring a Bible, no worries, it'll be on the screen. And uh, we're just thankful to have you here. So in Jeremiah chapter 18, God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah and he tells him this. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, in verse number two, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words. Now, I love that. Notice, uh, if we can go back real quick to verse number two. Notice that oftentimes a place is associated with hearing God. For there I will cause you to hear my words. One of the the best things you can do for your spirituality is find a place where you meet with God and set that time uh, aside and set that place aside and just know, like when I sit down here, when I get uh, on this trail, maybe I'm walking, that here is where I'm meeting with God because oftentimes a place kind of opens up God's voice for us. Now, he keeps going here in verse number three. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. Verse 4. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred, or we would say today, got messed up. How many of you know sometimes life gets messed up? Any of you ever discovered that sometimes a year can get messed up? Uh, yeah, somebody says, it's, it's too soon, too soon, okay, uh, that sometimes, you know, best laid plans can get messed up, a marriage can get messed up. Any of you ever had your finances get messed up? Uh, a relationship with a child may get messed up, but notice what happens when life gets messed up, God doesn't give up on us. And how many of you are thankful that even in our mess up, God doesn't give up on us? That if you've messed up, God still loves you and he's forever for you. The clay was messed up in the hand of the potter, so he made it again. God can do it again. He's not done yet. He can do it again. He made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make it. Verse number five. And then the word of the Lord came to me saying, keeps going here. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in mine, O house of Israel. So do you see what God is saying here? He says, like, look, I know sometimes your life gets messed up. I know sometimes you're not who you want to be. But here's my encouragement to you. You are not going to be who you want to be by simply trying to be better. And I know as we start a new year, there are a lot of people who are like, I want to be better this year. I want life to be better this year. I want to be a better husband this year. I want to be better with money this year. I want to be better with my diet this year. Uh, I want to be better uh, in business this year. I want this year to be better so I will be better. And God is reminding us with Jeremiah chapter 18 of how futile that is because you've been there before and you're still wanting to be better. (laughs) So it didn't quite change the way you wanted it to. And God is coming to us saying, would you, you just take a moment to kind of understand this analogy. Go down and look at the potter, look at the clay, and realize you're the clay in the story. The clay can't make itself into a vessel. The clay can't turn itself into what it wants to be. A potter must enter in the story. 
And he says that out of this, if you will understand your part, that it's not your job to be better, it's just your job to yield to me. That I'm the potter in the story. You're the canvas, I'm the artist. You're the clay, I'm the potter. And all I need you to do is to yield to me and give me enough time. And if you will give me enough time, uh, and I'm, when I say time, when I say give God time, I literally mean every day give God time, like many of you are doing right now. You came to church, you're giving God time. Give God even more time through devotionals and worship, all those types of things. But also, when I say give God time, I mean with patience, give God time. That if you're in it for the long haul and it's not like a month, so I start a new workout program. Any, anybody start a new workout program to start the year? So 2020 was a train wreck for my workout, like a train wreck. Like, I'm like, I didn't realize you could sit so much. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things I determined to get better at this year was working out. Uh, so, you know, my big goal was just show up. Like, right, what's the win? Show up. That's my goal. Like, just get to the gym. And so I knew to get there, I needed a partner and God worked it out where I got a partner who I meet at the gym and it happens to turn out he's like a personal trainer and knows all this stuff about health and fitness and he's he's whipping me into shape uh and so out of that like we're we're, we're working out and and we're lifting weights and like the workouts are like two hours long and I'm like how do, I don't have time for this and he's like you will find time for this I'm like yes sir uh, so out of this like we're, we're we're here in this moment and so I'm like well how long do you think this will take like how are we talking like, and so like any of you, especially men, I know this is the case for every man, any of you have like a really good workout and you look in the mirror and you kind of flex and it's like, yeah, boy, like you, you just, and nothing changed, nothing changed, but like the way you saw yourself kind of changed and it's like, okay, I'm feeling better about myself today. Uh, so anyway, uh, I, I asked him, I said like, how long will it take to see changes? Like working out this way and he's like, well, after about four months, you'll start to see a little muscle definition begin to grow. I'm like, four months? I'm like, I was thinking like four workouts, like especially if it's two-hour workouts, like at the end of four workouts, we'd begin to notice some things. He's like, look, you've got to be committed to the long haul. And spiritually speaking, it's the same way. Like so oftentimes we want like that one great service where I'm going to encounter God and I'm going to like cry makeup off and like all of these kinds and I'm going to get in and, and like just be supernaturally transformed and changed. And don't get me wrong, God can do some things in an instance, but it is a walk with God. And it's what we're doing day in and day out. Like I've got to give God time and this is not just something we're doing in January of giving God more time. This is something that we want to learn a pattern, find some freedom, and give God more time as the year progresses. Me and my wife were having coffee time yesterday. And uh, as we were talking, we started talking about what I was going to preach on today. And she said, you know, I'm really enjoying 2021 so far. I'm like, really? She's like, yes. She's like, I'm happier. And she said, I just realized what it is. She said, I'm off social media. Like, I'm not on social media. And I, I just noticed, like, there's so much angst and so much, uh, you know, emotions that that was eliciting that I didn't realize how much it was eliciting until I got off of it. And now I, I'm finding myself freer. I'm finding myself happier. I'm finding myself lighter. I'm enjoying this. And she's like, I don't know if I'll ever go back. And that's my goal for this. 
It's not to like kill everybody's social media accounts or that kind of thing. My, my goal for this is for you to, to circle around God enough at the start of this year where you begin to feel lighter and freer and more peaceful and more joyful and more loving and kinder and gentler and more focused. It's like, I don't want to go back. I want to give God even more time. Because God is the potter, we are the clay, and if you will sit there long enough with God, God says, I can turn you into who you need to be. Like, this is not you doing this to yourself, this is me doing this to you. But if that canvas kept moving away from the painter, the painter couldn't paint the picture. And if you keep moving yourself away from me, I can't do what I want to do in your life. But, but if you will just sit there in front of me, just as this potter did this with this clay, oh church, so can God do with you. So this is what we're talking about. Now, me and my, my daughter, uh, about a year and a half ago, took a trip to Washington. Uh, my daughter is a four on the Enneagrams. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, I don't have time to teach it to you. <laughs> so you can Google it. Uh, she's a four on the Enneagram. I'm a three with a wing four. And so out of that, there is some artistic side of me and creative side of me. And she's got that in spades, like loves art and loves music and all of these kinds of of things like uh, acting, plays, wants to be a writer, like you know, uh, that kind of thing. And so she wanted to go to Washington to see all the museums. And I'm like, finally, somebody in my household who likes this kind of stuff. Uh, so we went to Washington uh, and we go up there and we see all the museums and we're enjoying it. But one of the main things she wanted to see was all the art museums and to, to go and see all the paintings of the presidents and to, to go and see American history paintings and like all of these beautiful works. And so I'm in it to win it, man. But I'm also more three than I am four, so I'm more thinking about how many museums can we accomplish? Like, how many can we go through and the rate of time at which we can go through them and how can we make this efficient and see everything while we're there? And the four of her is contracting with the three in me because she's like, let's just savor this art. And I'm like, we have five more pieces to see. Uh, so, like, I noticed in walking in the art museum that there was a big difference between those who were just there physically and those who were also there mentally. That there, there were some, like me, who were in the art museum physically, but there were others who were in the art museum mentally. And so, like, I'm walking by and seeing the art, but there's others who are, like, sitting in front of the same painting for 30 minutes. And they're like, can you see that blue? And I'm like, I see gray, because my wife tells me I'm colorblind. It's like, did you know this is what they were, were doing when they were doing this? I'm like, no, and I really don't care. Like, all, all of that kind of thing. Like, it's like, it's pretty. That's what I know. At the end of the day, I like that one. Not a fan. Really like that one. And wouldn't hang that in my house. Like, I don't know where you would hang that anywhere. Uh, so like, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I'm getting into some of it. But like, there are other people who are ingesting this on a whole nother level. They are seeing what I am not seeing. They are experiencing what I am not experiencing. They are enjoying what I am not enjoying. And it's because I'm there physically, but they are there physically and mentally. And God's the same way. And this is the same way. You want to talk about a work of art. When you open up scripture, it's the only thing in the earth 
that when you do it right, you don't read it, it reads you. That you can be looking at a passage of Scripture and read, read it for 20 years, and all of a sudden one day you begin to look at it, and it's like, how in the world did I miss that? And in the middle of this, God begins to speak to you, and God begins to draw these things out to you, and it begins to change you from the inside out. Now, now here's what, what I want. I want this to be a year of change for you. And when I say that, like, I don't mean it like preacher hype, change, change, change. Like, like I genuinely am and very intrinsically interested in pastoring better than I've ever pastored before. And one of the things that I want is I want to see the lives of people change. And I know that we don't get there by hype. That hype can make you want to change, but it's substance that puts you on the path to change. And and one of the things that I see is that there's a season that is changing. Now, here's the thing you have to know, that life is a collection of seasons and cycles. And when I, I say life's a collection of seasons, the seasons are in God's hands. And what I mean by that is we see seasons like summer, spring, winter, fall, and we see things dying and then coming to life, things dying and then coming to life. And, and we're in a season like that where these seasons are in God's hands, and we don't know exactly how long spring will last, and we don't know exactly how fall will last. The seasons are in God's hands. And those natural seasons are symbolic of the spiritual seasons behind it, And the spiritual seasons behind it sometimes even mimic the natural seasons that they're in. So life is a collection of things dying, but then God bringing something back to life. Because in God, nothing that dies is ever wasted. If something is born of God and it dies, it goes into the ground to nourish the ground to produce new life. Because in God, nothing is ever wasted. It's never just a sunset. There's always a sunrise. And there's beauty in the sun setting, but there's also beauty in the sun rising. Both of them have intrinsic beauties about it. So life is beautiful, but done right. Death is beautiful in God too. And so as Christians, we have to know that God's a God of seasons. God's a God of seasons. And so out of that, there will be things in my life that will die. And I can't be heartbroken over it because I know that when it dies, God will use that death to make something else come to life. That in God, nothing is wasted. That a place will die and a grace will die and a relationship will die. And so oftentimes we try to operate against God's seasons by holding on and turning what God meant to only be seasonal into something that we want to last for a lifetime and it breaks our heart. God's a God of seasons, and the seasons change. But not only do we live with a collection of seasons, we live with a collection of cycles. And cycles are not in God's hands. Cycles are in your hands. And cycles is what I do day in and day out. It's how I think. I have a cycle of the way that I think. Someone doesn't see me in the grocery store. One person says, or I see somebody in the grocery store. They walk by me, act like they didn't see me. And some people would have a cycle in their mind saying, oh, they must be busy. Another person would have a cycle in their mind that says, she doesn't like me. Another person would have a cycle in their head of like, am I not good enough? And we get angry. One may get sad. Why? Not because of the moment, because of the cycle. There's a cycle. When we get stressed, I enter into a cycle. What do, what do I do? I don't know. Everybody's got a different cycle when they get stressed. Some drink. Some gossip, some eat. They have a cycle. 
And that cycle keeps going and going. When I get angry, some of us have a cycle. Some of us, when we get angry, we know that's a time to turn to God. That's a, a time to, like, confront. Why am I angry? That's a time to, like, really examine my feelings and learn from this anger. That I want to be angry and sin not. That anger is the beginning of all change. And so if I get angry enough about it, maybe I can change it if I move forward with anger health, healthy. Some people get angry and they have a cycle. They don't think at all. They just react and all of a sudden they're throwing things and screaming things and saying things they don't mean because it's a cycle. And the cycle is in my hands. I have a cycle with what I do with my money. I have a cycle with what I do with my time. I have a cycle if I hit the snooze five times before I wake up. I have a cycle. I have a cycle with what I do when I get to the house, a place where I set my keys, a place where I set my bag. Uh, how, how soon do I get in pajamas? Do I ever get in pajamas? A, a place where I sit a seat that I sit in, a show that I watch. All of these are cycles. And here's the thing, if God changes the season, but I don't change the cycle, the change of season does not matter. And so oftentimes we're praying and asking God to change the season. And he's like, honey, the season has already changed. You just kept the same cycle from one season to the next and the next and the next and the next. And you're wondering why I'm not changing. And I'm changing things all the time for you. I'm changing things all around you. The season is changing, but the cycle is staying the same. And if you don't confront your cycle, you'll never enjoy the season no matter what the season is. You've got some cycles. And so out of this, we go in this process where internally as humans, we know this. We know we have cycles. And we know, like, I've got to confront that anger issue. And we know, like, golly, I am insecure. Like, and we know that sometimes we deal with rejection. And we know we have all of these cycles and all these things that must be confronted. And so we go about to confront those things. But once again, God is coming to us and he is saying, how well is that working for you? Like, how do I begin this process of change? And we see this so pointed out in Scripture, and I, I want to take your attention to this. Check out the Scripture in the book of Romans. They'll put it up, Romans chapter 12. Now, many of you know this passage of Scripture. Those watching at Heiko, you know the Scripture. Online, you know the Scripture. But let's really dive into it. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. Now, so oftentimes we read scripture, but once again, let the scripture read you. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So God says, I have a perfect will of God for you. I want you to walk in that perfect will of God for you. But the only way for you to walk in that perfect will of God for you is you must be transformed. Now, the word transformed here literally is where we get our word metamorphosis from. So it means turning from one thing to something completely different. A caterpillar to a butterfly. That I was born this way, but now I'm transformed by something else. That I know I came into the earth this way with this environment, with not the right set of parents, with all these things working against me, with a missing father, with, you know, no money. Uh, you know, like I was born this way. 
I was born like this. I was born like a caterpillar. I was born with not the perfect situation. I was born this way. And God says, look, I know through the curse you were born this way, but you don't have to stay this way. You can be transformed by the power of God, that you can come in and change, and you didn't have everything working for you, but through God's grace, God can turn you from a caterpillar to a butterfly. You can be transformed. You can be set free. You can be a good man. You can be disciplined. You can be joyful. You can have peace. You can be free physically, financially, spiritually. You can be transformed. And when you're transformed, you can be in the perfect will of God. But he says, here's what I need you to do. If you want to be altered, I need you to bring your life to the altar that you need to present your body as a living sacrifice. So, so many times we try to alter ourselves with an E, but we never see any change. And God is like, how about you alter yourself with an A? And if you will alter yourself with an A, you will see yourself altered with an E. And that if you will bring your life to me, what you've been trying to do, I will alter about you because you offered your life to me. If you will alter with an A, I can alter with an E. But so many times we just try to alter ourselves with an E and we never make it to the altar with an A and we're not seeing the transformation that we want in our lives and we just give up. And the marriage will always be this way and he'll always be this way and life will always be this way and other people had this and they get to fly and have this beautiful life and these beautiful posts on Instagram and, you know, all of these kinds of things. But for me, it's just this and this is just who I am financially and this is just who I am physically and this is the hand I've been dealt and this is the life that I have and this is the way it was happened to me and if I was born in a different situation and born with different parents or, Pastor Joel, if I just had parents... And God, it's like, I know you weren't born with the right things. But you can be transformed. And the question is, is how do I go about transformation? God says, I need you to do two things. It's not rocket science. I need you to do two things. I need you to bring your body to me. Bring your body to me. The biggest part of working out is just showing up. It's the truth, man. Somebody says, what's the win with the gym? Get there. The biggest part uh, of parenting is just showing up. Go upstairs. Stand in their room. Talk to them. I don't know what to say. Just show up in the room. Show up at the game. A big part of parenting is just showing up. Getting your body around your kids. A big part of Christianity is just showing up. It is showing up at prayer. It is showing up at church. It is showing up at 10 a.m. to watch it online. It is showing up. A big part of Christianity is just showing up, giving your body to God. And so many times we take Scripture and try to make it figurative, and God is like, don't make figurative what I made literally. He's saying, just give me your body. Like, where, where I'm at, get your body there. If I'm in Scripture, get your body in front of Scripture. If I'm at church, get your body to church. If I am at prayer, get your body to prayer. Like, a big part of Christianity is just showing up with your body. And I know sometimes even in worship, people come into, like, spirit-filled churches like this. And they're like, what is everybody doing with their body? 
Like, why are they doing that with their hands? Why are they doing that like, you know, touchdown Jesus and like all these kinds of things? It's like I feel comfortable as a penguin. Uh, like all, all of these kinds of things. Like I'll just stay down here, Pastor. But why are we doing that? Because I'm offering literally my body to the Lord. So I'll take my head and I'll bow it to my heart because I'm telling God when I'm like this, I am open to you and I want less of my thoughts and I want more of your wisdom. So posture matters. God says, if you want to change, you start bringing your body to me. You start giving your body to me. Let, let's take away your body from like Facebook. Let's take away your body from t- TV for a season. Like let's take your body away from some video games and you just bring your body to me and the change will begin to happen. But he says in order for it to fully happen, it's not just enough to get your body at the art museum. There's something there I want to show you that I can't show you any other way. And at that art museum, I need you to begin to engage with that art. And for you to not just offer your body, but for you to engage your mind. Now, all throughout Scripture, in, in the, 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 the Gospels, you see Jesus doing something. You see Jesus pulling away from people to be with God. Pulling away from the noise, pulling away from the crowds, pulling away from the schedule, pulling, him, pulling away from the pool. You ever had anything pull on you? Come on, Heiko. Any, any kid ever pull? Every Sunday. Well, I shouldn't say every Sunday. That's an exaggeration. I, I, exaggeration is lying's pretty sister. Like, you know, it's like out of this, it's still a sin. Uh, so, I, you know, uh, I don't want to exaggerate, but it seems like. Every Sunday when I am like really trying to press into God to like hear from God on a message and like get the message in me, I wake up before everyone else in the house and the dog has used the restroom everywhere. Like it's everywhere, everywhere. And they're house trained. But it's like they know the specific Sundays that I need to like really press into God. Uh, and like everywhere. And so I woke up this morning and everywhere, sure enough, like everywhere. And I, I don't want I don't want to keep going there, but you understand what I'm talking about. And I'm like, what in the world? Uh, and I'm like, you, you knew, you knew. I'm telling it all. You knew, you knew, you knew, and you did anyway. Like you knew. Uh, and so I let the dog out, and I'm cleaning it up, and then I'm on my way to like, you know, go somewhere to take the the trash of what I cleaned up with, and I stepped in more. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Lord Jesus, I prayed in the spirit, everything. I'm like, oh, get woo. Uh, you know, so I'm here and like I'm cleaning that up and it takes 30 minutes and, you know, all these types of things. And right about the time I sit down to like be with the Lord after I cleaned everything up, everybody in the house wakes up and come down, comes down the steps, right? Because we have all of these pulls on us. Dogs pull on us. The schedule will pull on us. Children will pull with us, uh, pull on us. A uh, 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 works. We have apps that literally notify us that it's time to play or you got more coins, come and spend them, like all of these types of things. We have all these things that pull on our attention. And Jesus' life was no different. In the middle of all this, he's pulling away constantly. Uh, Can you pull up all those scriptures on the screens? I just gave, you know, a couple of scriptures for those who want to take notes. 
Like in Matthew, you see examples here. In Luke, you see examples here. In Mark, you see examples here. The reason why I use these is none of these are the same examples. So a lot of these examples in Matthew, you see them in Luke and Mark. These are all different. And in these moments, you see Jesus around the noise, Jesus around the crowds, and Jesus saying, I can't do this. And he pulls away, not to get away from people, but to be with God. And so he's like, I know I have these physical moments where I'm like in the synagogue, and I know I have these physical moments where I'm like talking about God's word with the disciples and preaching and teaching, but in the middle of this, like I don't just need these physical moments, I need these mental moments. I need my mind renewed to the living God. I need my mind filled with God. I need my mind filled with the word of God. I need my mind filled in scripture. I noticed even this week in praying and fasting, I'd sit down with scripture and my mind would try to race to my phone. And God is like, I'm thankful for your body, but can you bring your mind, like bring your mind to me, bring your mind to scripture. And Jesus, he often would break away to give God that. And did you ever notice how Jesus walked in power and perfection? Did you ever see how Jesus was able to resist temptation? Did you know that's not because he was special? And he was special, but that's not why he was able to live a life that way. You know why he was able to live a life that way? Because Jesus constantly knew when he needed to yield and to let his mind be filled up with God. That I don't just need to bring my body to God, I need to bring my mind to God. How often do you pray, but when you pray, you gave God your body, but didn't give God your mind? How often do you give, and you sent in that tithe electronically, and you gave God your money and your body, but you did not give God your mind? It wasn't done and filled with honor. It wasn't done and filled with faith. It wasn't done and filled with love. Or we pray over the food, and it's like, Lord, bless this food. Forgetting that prayer is not just fancy words. Prayer is taking the time to connect with God and to connect with the thing I'm praying for. I, I still tuck my seven-year-old in to sleep, like still. I know, I know. He's my last in Jesus' name. But out of this, I'm like holding on to these moments. And so I pray over him every night before he goes to bed. I'm like praying he's a leader and praying, you know, he's not a follower and he's going to stand for God. And the Lord's like, slow down. Are you just throwing some words out there? I'm thankful for your body, but engage your mind. And so I began to pray over my son and I began to picture him standing while everyone else is kneeling. And I began to pray, Father, let him be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who will stand when others will kneel. And then I, I would pray like, Father, you said in the book of Daniel that you made Daniel seven times smarter because he was going to govern for you. And so I began to see my son, God gracing him with wisdom so that he could counsel kings and stand before him. And I began to see it, and then I began to pray it connecting with the thing I'm praying for and connecting with God, not just giving God my body, but giving God my mind. What about in worship? It's so easy to sing and even sometimes to give God our bodies, but how often times is our mind wandering and God is like, if you will give me your mind, I will transform you. If you will take the time to pull away to be with me, I will transform you. If you will take the time to fill up your mind with the word of God, I will transform you. All we're talking about here with the power of meditation is letting your mind be filled with God and letting your mind be filled with his word. 
that meditation is not just studying Scripture. Meditation is personalizing Scripture. And so when I'm reading the story of the woman with the issue of blood, I'm not just seeing her need. I'm not just seeing her being broken and reaching and pressing after Jesus. I put myself in her story and be like, I got an issue too. And with my issue, what am I doing? Am I complaining about my issue? Have I given up hope on my issue? Or like that woman, well, I remember Jesus right now. And you're reading her story, but all of a sudden her story becomes your story. And it's like, you know what? I need to get out of my house too. I need to shake myself out of this moment too. And I need to press after Jesus believing when I touch him, I shall be made whole. Meditation is not studying scripture. Meditation is internalizing it. It's reading the story of David with Goliath and watching that, that Goliath and that giant talk to David. And you see yourself in his shoes and instead of just listening to your giant talk, you see yourself like David and you begin to talk back to your giant. When you internalize scripture this way, when you internalize worship this way, when you internalize the art of God this way, God begins to transform you from the inside out. And you begin to see your life altered with an E because you took your life to the altar with an A. And what you've been trying to fix, God fixes in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, because it wasn't by your might, power, or control. It was by the spirit of the living God that you just yielded to. And so today at both campuses, that's what we're going to do to end the service. We're going to sing and we're just going to yield to God. I'm going to pray and the worship team's going to come out at both of our campuses. Online, I want to encourage you to do this too. We're going to end today just in a moment where we're just yielding to the Lord and opening ourselves to him. And I know for some of you it, it may be hard, but I want to encourage you, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Lift up some hands, bow a head. When you bow your head, say, God, I want to take my head to my heart. I want less of me and I want more of you. I want less of my thoughts, I want more of your thoughts. I want less of my passion and purpose, I want more of your passion and purpose. God, I surrender my head to my heart, I offer my body. But don't just offer your body today, offer your mind. And while we're singing, picture God as the potter and you as the clay. And picture as you're standing here in this moment of worship that God is making everything right in your life that is messed up. Picture him working on that messed up child. <laughs> picture him working on that messed up situation. Picture him working on our nation. Or maybe it's something about your health that is messed up or Something about your finances that are messed up. But in this moment, let's give God our bodies, but let's give God our minds, and let's practice this all throughout the week. So I'm going to pray. Worship team, come out, and then we'll do this. Father, we come before you today, and I just thank you. And we just pull back, and we just say, God, we want less of us, and we want more of you. Like John the Baptist said, Father, we want to decrease so that you can increase. And so, Father, we just thank you that today we want alteration, and the way we get alteration is by coming to the altar of God. 
So we come and we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. And we come, Father, and we say, we're not just going to give you our bodies. We're going to give you our minds. And we're going to see you as the potter. We're going to see us as the clay. And we're going to see that in 2021, you're going to turn us in to who we're supposed to be. That this is a year of breaking out of our cocoons and breaking out and being the people, the fathers, the mothers, the churches, and the nation you called us to be. And Father, we thank you that in this moment that you will meet with us, that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. We love you, Lord, so very much. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, if you can, let's just stand up at both campuses. And if you're comfortable, just open up your heart, open up your your hands, bow your head, and let's just come into a posture of surrender to the Lord. And let's just ask the Lord to have his way in us. And let's begin to picture ourselves as the clay with God working out anything that needs to be worked out. In this moment of prayer, we're just going to sing over you. I'll let them begin now.
Hallelujah. You know, while we were worshiping and praying, I, I just saw like an, an image in my heart of a, a lady holding up three fingers. And I, I really felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and said that it's, it's somebody who could be watching online. I believe they're in the room. But you've been like counting to three and like three strikes and out. Three strikes and out. And I don't know if you've used that phrasing exactly, but that's kind of been your mentality of like three strikes and they're out. Um, and like, okay, that's one strike, that's two strikes, three strikes, they're out. And that's one strike, two strike, three strikes, I'm out. I'm just done. I'm done. I'm, I'm quitting. I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. And I, I feel like that could be in the context of like giving up on yourself, and that's like giving up on God, of like three strikes, I'm out. And, and maybe it's under the context of you're waiting on God, and it's like it didn't happen, I'm out. Or maybe you felt like God was waiting on you, and you didn't perform well enough, and so it's like I'm out. But I really feel like it's in that context, but in this other context of like giving up on somebody, that it's like three strikes, you're out. It's like, because you're out, I'm out, we're done, this is over. And I just, I just hear the Lord just saying, like, if you'll give God time even with that, like his grace and his mercy can come in and make all things new and make all things right and all things pure. And that what God started, God will be faithful to finish. And sometimes, you know, in all of our lives, we're tempted to give up too soon. And like I said, in God, sometimes things do die. And it's time for that season to move on. But sometimes we get so in the flesh that we don't pay attention to the voice of the Spirit. And the Spirit is like, no, 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 no. Like, it's not time to give up on things. And if you won't grow weary in well-doing and faint not, you will reap the joy of the Lord. And like, don't give up on this season. Don't give up on this relationship. Don't give up on this time. Quit this I'm out mentality and just open up your heart and your life because God is wanting to do something new and fresh. And I just want to encourage you, like, if that's you, um, uh, to just open up your heart to that and, and to just let God do the work that only he can do. Uh, let's bow our head, close our eyes real quick. If you're here and you say, you know, Pastor Joel, I want to give God my heart. Like, I was really touched by that, that part of the song that said, I want to stay forever like this. And you're here, and it's like, Pastor Joel, I want to stay forever like this. Like, I want to stay, like, caught up in God, and I want to stay loved by Him. And I want to stay in a position where He can reach me and He can touch me. And maybe you've gotten hard. We've all been there before. Sometimes, especially as men, we can emphasize just how hard we are. But we sense like God calling and saying, give me that heart of stone because I want to put a heart of flesh in you where you can be touched by me. And if you're saying, I want to stay forever like this, just surrender to God and to give God your heart today in a fresh and a new way. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. No one is looking. But if that's you, would you just lift up a hand right now and surrender to Jesus? Amen. Hands going up all over the room. Amazing, 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 amazing. Online too, feel comfortable, lift up your hands. Anybody else, I'll wait on you. I'm not in a hurry. God's not in a hurry. He'll wait for your surrender. Anybody else? Hands going up, more hands going up. More hands going up, more hands going up. He'll wait for your surrender, I will too. Anybody else? More hands, amazing, 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 amazing. Now let's just all come before the Lord today and say, Father, here I am. Take my life. Take my life. Mold me. Change me. 
make me more like you. I want to be a vessel that you can flow through, a vessel that you can use. So here's my life, Father. Here's my life, Father. Take me, make me more like you. I want to be a vessel that you can flow through. I want to be a vessel that you can use. So here's my life. Take me. Take all of me. I want to be a vessel that you can use. I want to be a vessel that you can flow through. I want to be a vessel that's tried and true. So take my life, Father. Shape me. Mold me. Make me more like you. Jesus, you're my Savior. I'm forever your child. And I say, this is the beginning of the best days of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, church, if you believe it, say amen today. Yes!